They had it up there. Kaylee? Yeah. Thank you. Just give her the nod. Give her the nod. Just tell her. Yeah, we're going to play a video from the healing rooms. Um, you can get healed right in the middle of this thing I, easily, easily, easily. Praise the Lord. Bamba shakababa. <laughs> So you're coming in for prayer. You're not trying to give God reasons to bless you. He already decided 2,000 years ago to pay for your healing. He said this in Isaiah 53. Jesus bore our sickness. He carried our pain. By his stripes, we were healed. Jesus said something interesting. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That means we know what Jesus' will is in every situation by simply looking at his life. And here's what we see. He healed every person who came to him without exception. There was never a time where he laid hands on someone and said, it's not my timing. There's never a time where he said, you know what, you're right in the middle of an important lesson. He never said you need to go fast, you need to go pray, you need to submit to authority, you need to tithe. Come on. He never made anybody jump through hoops. He never said we need to break generational curses over your life. He simply came to him expecting him to help, and he healed him in every situation. Yes. Yes. times in the New Testament, he says, your faith has made you well. And I've got good news for you. Here's what faith was. It was really simple. They came to Jesus expecting him to help. They didn't have to do anything to get his attention. They already had his attention because yes. Jesus was moved with compassion. Yes. I just encourage you, stay fascinated with Jesus. Yeah. Don't think about whether you have enough faith. Um, faith doesn't look at itself. It doesn't look to see if it has enough faith. It doesn't see if there's enough power in the room. Uh, faith looks at Jesus. And when we say fascinated with Jesus, our healing comes. You know, our kids, uh, we would reward them for good grades in the report card. So if they would get all A's, they'd get a certain amount of money. And I think sometimes we think that's how we're coming to God. We're showing him our report card. We're giving him reasons why we are worthy of this healing. And the good news of the gospel is this. If you are not getting judged based on your report card. You're getting judged based on Jesus' report card. You're literally coming to God. We're showing him Jesus' report card. He delights to treat you as if you were Jesus himself. What the good news of grace means is that Jesus is not dealing with you based on your performance. He's dealing with you based on his performance. Again, we're not trying to convince God. He's trying to convince us. Thank you, Jesus. What if healing was way easier than you thought? What if it involved uh, less stress, less striving, less trying to pull heaven down and recognizing God has a big, giant yes over your life? He's already decided to heal you. You know, there was a woman who came up to him, and she just touched the edge of his clothes. Jesus didn't have time to look at her, evaluate her life, see if she was worthy or not. When faith touches Jesus, it was like a pickpocket. It was like a reflexive reaction. Power left him. So that's what I'm praying for you today is that you come in with mustard seed faith that doesn't take a whole lot and just recognize it's always his will to heal. God wants you well. Healing is his idea. And so let me just say a short prayer for you. And uh, you have full permission to get healed right now. And as I pray for you, I want you to stay fascinated with Jesus. In the Bible, you see that there was multitudes that were coming to him. And he healed every single one of them. So I want you to imagine yourself in those multitudes. You're coming to Jesus. And uh, there's, you know, three people down, there's somebody who was born blind, and all of a sudden their eyes are open oh. and rejoicing, and the family recognizes they got their family member back. And then there was deaf ears open, and the person next to them uh, begins speaking for the first time, they were mute. Uh -huh. Now here's Jesus, he's coming to you, and he's got those eyes of fire. Uh -huh. And he's looking at you, and he's thinking, I've been waiting for you, I've been waiting to set you free. That's what's happening when we're praying, is you're not coming to us for prayer, you're coming to Jesus. We're simply taking you to him. Let this be like an arrow to your heart. You ready for this? Yes. God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. He will not heal you because you're good. 
He'll heal you because of what Jesus did on the cross. So as we pray, the Bible says believe and then receive. Yes. Most Christians do it backwards and they don't get their healing. They're waiting to receive and to feel better, and then they'll believe Jesus is healer. And that's backwards. He says believe that he's the healer. Believe that he's good. Believe that he's already paid for this, and then you'll receive. And so you may even have this phrase in your heart, this healing belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. So in the name of Jesus, right now, I release healing on your body. Let it be restored and made whole in every single heart. Lord, I thank you that you paid for it all. There's not one person who's listening to this who is the special exception where it doesn't work for them. Your blood covered them too. Wow. So in the name of Jesus, <laughs> be made whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a nutshell, that's what we practice in the healing rooms. Um, Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to just quote it. We don't have a whole bunch of time. So I would like to just share a few things from Matthew 11. How many of you ever see numbers over and over again? I, I do. I, I saw 1111 um, hundreds of times on the clock, on a sign, on the television, on anything you could think of, 1111, 1111, all over the place. And I go, Lord, what is 1111? Because a couple years before, people said it was Isaiah 1111 and crossing some line in the sand or something and i didn't i didn't resonate with that and so i go what is it lord and he says matthew 11 11 and matthew 11 11 says this among those who are born of women there is no one greater than john the baptist but the least in the kingdom is greater than he is. And Jesus went on to say, if you can receive it, John is Elijah who was to come. So this is exciting because the least in the kingdom has a greater anointing, a deeper, richer relationship, covenant, a better covenant, and a locked-in position in God that is far better than Elijah had. Better than Moses, Daniel, King David. King David tasted of what we have and was a forerunner of the good things to come. But he never fully entered in like we have. We got, we, we've got the full meal deal. <laughs> we got the whole enchilada. Um, God has given us everything. And he has given us more anointing and more authority than anybody in the Old Testament. And that's the least in the kingdom. And on my worst day, I can think about myself as the least in the kingdom. And I'll say, God, I'm the least in the kingdom. And God says, no, you're not. You know, you're my son. 
You're my, my son and I love you. You're not least in anything. You're in my son and you have the same nature he does and I've anointed you with the same anointing that I anointed my son with. And I've had many second beginnings, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh beginnings in my 52 years of following Christ. And I can say honestly that my life in Christ began again in a couple of things. One, I got uber baptized in the Holy Spirit in the outpouring of Toronto that came upon the Anaheim Vineyard. I was in the meeting and an avalanche of the Holy Spirit came through there and people were thrown over their chairs backwards, laughing their heads off. People were bowing down on the ground, weeping. Demons were coming out of people, screaming. People ran out of the building, terrified at the demonstration of the power of God. And wherever you were, in your relationship with God, you are corrected and brought back into perfect alignment with King Jesus and the Father and filled with the Father's love. Some guy prayed for me, this guy, Pastor Bill, and it wasn't Bill Johnson. It was Bill, one of the many pastors in the Anaheim Vineyard, and he says, Dale, he goes, stretch your hands out. So I put both my hands out like this, and he barely touched my fingers. And I went over backwards and bounced on the concrete, and I never even got a bump on my head. I was out for about 15 minutes, and I woke up laughing hysterically. Oh! <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed, and I could not stop laughing. I laughed till 1 o'clock in the morning, and I finally fell asleep laughing. Then I woke up in the morning and started laughing some more. I was living in Arizona at the time, and I'd flown back to Arizona, and I had a home group that met out in the star, under the stars in Sedona, Arizona, a beautiful place. And we're outside worshiping, and the people said, we want to see what God gave you at the vineyard. So I said, okay, and I went like this, like this. And the people all fell over and started laughing. <laughs> so there are corporate anointings. There are individual anointings, but it's all the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's an infinite person. And I have, I have had periods of time where I longed to have Smith Wigglesworth's anointing. I wanted to have Evan Roberts' anointing. I wanted to have John Wesley's anointing. I wanted, you know. And I finally realized, I go, wait a minute. God has established me in the anointed one, and he has anointed me. He has anointed me. What anointing did he anoint me with? 
the same anointing that he anointed Jesus with. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's an open heaven over me. There's an open heaven over you. And the Holy Spirit is coming upon you as a dove. The Holy Spirit is the only anointing I want. I love the corporate anointing of Bethel. I just, in any way that I could, I just release right now. I release the corporate anointing of Bethel Church on this body to just bless and nurture and strengthen everyone in here. But the Holy Spirit is already here. And the Holy Spirit can do anything. He is absolutely wonderful. I never realized how magnificent the Holy Spirit was until I went to Kenya. I didn't know. I never took him out and test drove the Ferrari that God gave me. You know? <laughs> oh. Anyway, so I was in, in Kenya in, in 2017. I spent 11 months over there walking around house to house, ministering to people, healing the sick, leading people to Christ, and learning Swahili a little bit, and worshiping, and just having a good time. And I was in one of my favorite places in Kenya, which is called Webuye, and I'd gone there the first time I came to Kenya. And now I was reunited with these guys that I met in 2005. And... I was excited about ministering, and I'm walking around going door to door, but it's so dusty out at these farms. I'm going farm to farm, and they grow corn and sugar cane and all this kind of stuff, commercial crops. And it's just a horrible drought had been there for months. And it's so bad that the wells dried up. The animals were dying. The crops, the corn was bent over and dying. The sugar cane was dying. And there were no water in the creeks, no water in the reservoir. Places parched. And I start talking to God on my walk around these farms, and I go, God... Why is this happening? And I've been preaching to the Kenyans about tithing because they don't tithe that much. They don't, they, and the pastors don't get supported very well sometimes. And I've been preaching about tithing, and you need to tithe, and God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. And so I'm going, God, is it because they don't tithe? And God says, I give the rain, my rain on the just and the unjust. And he says, this is your problem. You solve it. And I had been challenged by this verse in, in Matthew 11, 11. And I thought, well, you know, I've seen weather miracles before. I can do something about it. And so I said, I call on the winds to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I call in clouds, and I release the rain on this place. I want it to rain 
until all the reservoirs are filled, the wells are working, the animals are revived, the crops are revived, and there's no sign that there was ever a drought here at all. And the next farm I got to, the farmer said, pray for rain. I said, I've been praying for rain tonight. It's going to start raining in Jesus' name. I prophesied, you know, and I, the next farmer, the same thing. And I prophesied again, it's going to rain tonight. And then I w went back to my ho little, ho my $15 hotel. And I'm saying on the way there, I'm going, God, <laughs> I said, I really hope you've got my back. <laughs> Because I really stuck my neck out there, Lord. I'm going to look like an idiot. And the Lord says, be quiet and go to bed. You know? <laughs> so I went and I got in bed and I went to sleep. And around 1 o'clock, I was awakened by the sound of the abundance of rain. Rain just pounding, pounding on the tin roof of my hotel. Just bam, 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 bam. Just torrential rain all over the place. It rained for three months in a row and completely filled every reservoir, completely filled the wells back. <laughs> and the people are going, they're saying, who is this guy? You know, and I told them, I said, I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm a, we owe son, I'm a mature son of the living God. The Bible calls, there's technon, which is offspring, and weos, which is grown-up sons. And I said, I'm a, I'm a weos son. I'm a grown-up son, and you can grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. You can do the same thing. We've been given the authority. The least of you is greater than Elijah. Come on. Come on, come on. Uh, Jesus goes on to say in this chapter, he says, Woe to you, Capernaum and Bethany and all these places where I've preached, because... You didn't repent when you heard the good news. And he says, on judgment day, it's going to be worse for you than Sodom and Gomorrah. Because if the message that we release of the kingdom was preached in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. If we preach the message of Jesus in San Francisco and Portland, the people will repent. If we walk in the anointing and the authority and the power of the kingdom, we owe the world an encounter with the real Jesus, with the real Holy Spirit, with the real Father of love. Jesus came here for... A couple reasons. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> More than that. Jesus came, first of all, to reveal the Heavenly Father. 
And he came here, second of all, to destroy the works of the enemy and to put to an end to sin and to release the righteousness of God on a people. He came to bring newness of life. But his main reason that he came was to reveal who the Father really is. And God, the world is looking to you to see a revelation of the Father. They're looking to you to see the face of Jesus shining through your face, through my face. Sometimes my face does not shine with Jesus, but sometimes it does. And Christ is in us, the hope of glory. The hope of glory, the confident expectation of the goodness of God in every situation. Christ in you. That's why it's not difficult to be a Christian. It's impossible. <laughs> I realized this a long time ago, that it's not just hard to obey the Sermon on the Mount, it's impossible to love my enemies, to bless people that curse me and all this stuff. I could not do it. I'd get mad at people and that cut me off on the freeway. But it all changes when you understand that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I am crucified. With Christ, evil Dale was crucified 2,000 years ago on Calvary. He was put to an end. And new Dale was raised up with Jesus and seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And what God did for me, he did for all of you. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did something so magnificent when he died and rose again that he took people who were dead in their trespasses and sins, raised them out of being walking zombies, made them living people who are the children of God, new creatures in Christ, and established us at, his, at the right hand of the Father and anointed us and clothed us with gladness. Come on, hallelujah. You have already been given everything that you will ever need to live the Christian life. I love the promises of God. I used to follow one teacher that made a translation of the Bible. I won't say who it is. It's certainly not the Passion Translation that I'm talking about. But this brother said, you don't stand on the promises. You don't need the promises of God. It's just all about having an encounter with the person of God. That's not what it says in the Bible. It says... Bless God who has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
who has granted us everything pertaining to this life and godliness. Everything pertaining to this life. And that we read that stuff. We read it. And we go, oh, that's wonderful. But have you ever started writing down some of those things? He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And guess where you are? You are in Christ Jesus, hidden in Christ Jesus, in the heart of the Father, in the bosom of the Father. You are hidden in all that treasure, in all that provision, in all that healing, in all that blessing. It is all around you. You are established in it. And we don't, we don't really understand the inheritance that he's given us. And Paul says, you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to open the eyes of your heart so that you can really know God and you can understand the inheritance that he has deposited in the saints. The, the inheritance is inside of you. Every car you'll ever need is inside of you. <laughs> Every house you're ever going to have to live in is inside of you. Every healing that you're ever going to need is inside of you. Every miracle that you're going to ever want has already been given to you. God has already said, Yes! And we say amen to the glory of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And we need to, we need to eat those promises and chew them up. And they're bread. The word of God is bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every personal spoken word that comes out of God's mouth. That's the bread of life. And it's a good idea to sit down with a notebook and write out what, are, what is all spiritual blessings? What does that include? If you got an inheritance from your grandfather or your dad or somebody or your mom, you'd want to know what was in the inheritance, wouldn't you? And if you couldn't understand it, you'd hire a lawyer to help you unpack your inheritance, right? Well, we have the Holy Spirit who is an advocate for us. He's a lawyer. He's our lawyer to introduce us to our inheritance, to explain us and, and to guide us into it on a journey of a supernatural adventure with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the truth. Jesus is calling us into an absolutely wonderful adventure. He is not a timid guy. 
Jesus. He is a lion. He's the lion of Judah. He's the lamb of God. He conquered the dragon as a lamb, and he reigns as the lion of Judah, exalted with a name above every name that can be named. Glory to the Lord Jesus. Glory to him. But we have Jesus' name. We have his power of attorney. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You have a book filled with blank checks. It's called the Bible. You know, the promises all have your name written into them. If your name is in the book of life, your name is in every promise that's in the Bible. It's the truth. Hallelujah. Glory and praise unto God. Well, let me um, go to the last part of the 11th chapter of Matthew to close. Okay? Jesus said, Father, I bless you and I praise you and I thank you that you have revealed these things to babies, to babes, and you've hidden them from the wise and prudent. Human wisdom and human careful thinking does not advance us in the kingdom, but coming as a little child in wonder and amazement and embracing what God says about you, about who God says you are, about what God says you can do, and about what God says you have. Being a child and just receiving and taking what God is giving you. Little kids at Christmas time, that's how Christians should be with the promises of God. My kids used to rip the boxes over so f open so fast they were done unwrapping their presents so quickly, I couldn't believe it. Christians have piles of Christmas presents that they've never opened. Shakabamba. I was in heaven one time when I was praying, and I was walking around with Jesus, and he showed me this vast area that was filled with all these huge bins. And they were filled with colored, multicolored energy balls, just by millions and millions of these things. And I said, Lord, what are those? And it broke my heart what he said. He said, those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said, why are they here? And he told me that nobody wants them. And I said, I want them, Lord, I want them. I'll take them. And there, God, God has told me, I, I, one time I prayed and asked God for $1,000. The next day, some people that I hadn't seen for 20 years came to visit me because they saw me on Facebook, wanted to get to know me again, and they came down and took me out to lunch. And after lunch, I said not one word about money, about I just talked about glorious trip to Africa I'd just taken, and the wife says, I've got to go get something out of my car. And she comes back and writes me out a check for a thousand bucks. 
The day before, I go, God, I need $1,000. I asked God for a car because I came back from Kenya. I didn't have a car waiting for me. I had nothing left. I go, God, I need a car when I get home. And the Holy Spirit says, what kind of car? I said, I want a Land Rover SUV. And he says, what color? (laughs) So I said, dark blue. And my friend Marcus, one of my missionary co-workers, was in his church in Danville, California, and a man walked up to him and said, Marcus, I want to donate a car to your ministry, which is our ministry. And Marcus says, well, Dale needs a car. And he says, let's give it to Dale. Marcus goes, what kind of car is it? Oh, it's a Land Rover SUV. And Marcus goes, what color is it? Dark blue. And the guy signed a pink slip over to me and gave me the car. You know. But God told me, God told me, why did you only ask me for a thousand dollars? You should have asked me for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> then you wouldn't have had to think about money for a little while. He goes, you think it's hard for me to give you a car? He said, I have so many cars. I have so many houses and lands. I have the cattle on a thousand hills. I have the silver and the gold. I'm a wealthy, happy papa. And what I have belongs to you. Take advantage of it. Wake up, son. Smell the roses. It's a happy day. You're in Christ. You have eternal life. (laughs) Ho! Just another day and eternal life. Hallelujah. Surrounded by happy angels, living creatures, Shabba Bamba. When you pray, when you bow down, you bow down and your spirit is in heaven. And you're surrounded by the the heavenly host. You're surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses. Your grandfather that prayed you into the kingdom or something. Come on. God is a good God and he's in a good mood. He's happy all the time. The biggest revelation I ever had that was that God was actually happy. I thought he was always uptight about sin. And God says, you're the one that's uptight about sin. I already solved the problem. (laughs) I'm concerned about your righteousness. (laughs) So I made a great exchange. Jesus said to people that were worn out and tired and weary, and a lot of us are feeling that way after this stupid pandemic, I, I, I thrived during the pandemic. I got jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises. I got blessed during this thing. And we had time to strengthen our marriage and do things we couldn't do normally. So I, didn't, I, I had a good time during all this stuff. I, I didn't let it get me down. 
I saw people healed of COVID instead of, I'm here right now in this church because I prayed with a lady over the phone for a woman that was afflicted with COVID on a ventilator in um, Washington State, just across the border from Portland. And while we were praying, I felt myself come into her hospital room, and I said, wake up, Angela, in the name of the Lord Jesus, be healed. And a couple hours later, this lady woke up and got off the ventilator and FaceTimed with her husband, completely healed. And that lady, Lori Johnson, invited us to come up to Eugene, and we met Teresa, and Teresa invited us, said, I'm going to tell my pastor, and I'm going to invite you to come here. You know, so God, that's how God does stuff. He sets us up for more blessing. This is a huge upgrade. You know? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I just want to thank all of you for warmly welcoming us here. Jesus said, if people receive you, they receive me. You know, that's an amazing scripture. You know, and if you receive a prophet or an apostle in the name of a prophet or an apostle or a pastor or a Christian, you will receive the reward of that person. So I just, I just release any, any reward that I receive, I release it on you for your warm welcome and hospitality in Jesus' name. May it be multiplied back to you in Jesus' name. It's 11.30, so we're going to close with this word. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Refreshing and rest. In the Passion Translation, he says, come into my oasis and be refreshed. You know, come in. My yoke, my personal yoke, is heavy, it's not, it's difficult, and my burden is heavy. But Jesus' yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Healing is easy. Financial blessings are easy. Relational healing is easy. Because everything in the Christian life is utterly fueled by grace. It's all a gift. Everything. So, Father, I just pray for the Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Grants Pass. And I release, Father, all the blessings that you've promised 
for the church, Lord, in this day. I release a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that begins, that this place just has rivers of life flowing out into the valley. And I release uh, ambassadors of Christ to go into the highways and the byways and to bring people to Jesus, to do treasure hunts, to do evangelism, to do signs and wonders on the streets of Grant Pass and all around. As I have met wonderful missionaries here, I release more missionaries from this place. In Jesus' name, I release an apostolic sending anointing on this house. In Jesus' name. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you. Amen. Wow. That was a great word. I'd like to do something before... We send these amazing people home. Um, Could we have our leadership team come up here, the elders and those of us that meet uh, once a month? Come on up here. Come on up. Come on, come on, come on. Now, I'd like the team from Bethel to stand. We want to pray for you guys. There's something that reciprocates. You come, you give. We want to give back. So we want to bless you guys on your journey. We want to bless that all that your hands touch prospers in Jesus' name. Provisions and resources from the most wildest places. So come on, guys. Gather around these. Lay hands on them. The rest of you, if you just extend a hand and join us. Wow. Wow. Father, we thank you for this amazing moment. We thank you for this gift. Wow, wow, that you've brought to us, Lord. Father, I just see in my heart momentum, momentum. From this moment, we will gain momentum, God. Father, our heart and our passion here in this tribe is to expand your kingdom. Wow. And Father, I just pray that today, this whole weekend, was nothing but catalysts being added to the right stuff. So, Father, we want to give back now in the name of Jesus. We pray for open heavens. We pray for provisions and resources. We pray for new paths and and new ways. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh new revelation. Fresh new revelation. Wow, thank you, God. More, more, Lord, more, more. Father, I know you've filled them with incredible passion, but I say more, more passion, God. Wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that want to, why don't you come on up and kind of gather around. If you're comfortable with that, come on up. Come on. If you're comfortable, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on up, jump in there. Come on. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> wow. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mr. Eberly. Mr. Eberly. I, uh, as we're praying, I just see in the world of technology and tech stuff, I just see God downloading onto you and in you and through you something totally new, so outside of the box, so radically, uh, incredibly awesome in terms of expanding the kingdom, and God's going to download that into your heart. It's kind of like a blueprint on the wall. You're going to see how it flows from start to finish. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Wow. Wow. Those of you that are prophetic, I know um, there's a lot of words. I just feel there's some words here in this room for these guys. Father God, as you, you are singing over them right now, that you're singing over a new song, a new song over them. Lord, I see, I see five people here, five points to a star that you have made them to shine over the places you have given them. So you're singing over a new song. You're singing a song of newness over them. Lord, more prophecy. Prophesy to the people. Lord, you're giving them visions and new dreams. Fulfilled with power, more power. And Father, we cry. More, Lord, more, Lord. Expand, expand their banner. Expand their territory. Lord, this team is to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. And this church is to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. This, is, this church is called to step into the darkness without fear and bring light. Lucinda, what, uh, what amazes me about you and what strikes me is your eyes. You have incredible eyes. And I just see God giving you like night vision to see into areas of darkness that no one else can see. God's in, he's giving you the lens and the ability to do that, to see captives set free, to be able to go exactly into the heart uh, and the issue of their hearts and be able to rightly just cut that stuff out that needs to come out. So Father, we say yes to an increase of the ability to see into the darkness, Lord. Wow. With the intent fully, God, of setting captives free, we say yes and amen, God. Whole new set of lenses. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Wow. 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 Thank you, God.
Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Wow. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I told the children of Israel years back that wherever they put their feet, I will give them the land. I will make provision for them. Today, today, my children, I have expanded the kingdom in your life. I have set the boundaries unlimited. They are, the lands are before you. The giants have been taken care of. Every provision has been made. Freedom is at hand. Glory is here. Anointing is free-flowing as rivers of living water. Thank you. Thank you. Who's this? You guys, you guys, we have been we have been perma bonded in the presence. I just want you to know that <laughs> there is something so special right now happening. God is knitting our hearts together. Um, I'll speak for the whole group. We have fallen in love with this church. We love you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, you guys, for allowing us to come here and partake. Wow, the exchange. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you guys have blessed us so much. And I thank you. Thank you so deeply. And Doug, this church is spearheading a movement. You and Sandy are spearheading a movement. And we just bless what God is doing in this house. We break off all heaviness and discouragement right now. Any leftover discouragement, get out in the name of Jesus. And I release hope, joy, and peace. Ha. It's a new day. Ha. What the enemy tried to use. Ha, 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 ha. 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 Yeah, we, we are shining we are strong. We are gifted. You are beautiful. You are glorious. Yes. And the unity here is absolutely beautiful. What I see, like, I don't know, y'all, y'all, I'm a Lord of the Rings geek, okay? Hey. 
Gandalf rocks. <laughs> I don't know if you remember in the return of the king, there was a sword that was broken. And the sword was reforged and given to the king. Okay, I see a sword that was broken from the fathers of this land, and it will be reforged. And you will wield it with strength. Holy. And the ley lines of the enemy in this land will be broken. Holy, 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 holy. And the rivers will be released in the land. Holy. So I release boldness once again and permission to go. Permission to go. Dream. Dream again. Cast off the shackles of yesterday. Christ is before you, beckoning you to come and go. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Well, God bless you guys. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome to go have a glorious day. If, if you're here and you came for prayer, we have some amazing people who would love to pray with you and pray for you. So come on up. We have some ministry teams up here too that would love to pray over you. And uh, so come on up.